Dog Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. you do for a last meal if you were on death row fried dodo because of the, because of the, they couldn't find it yeah would not, not, I'd be like good luck uh, see you on the other side I'd be like nope I'm a cannibal you're a penis <laughs> that's funny <laughs> Mm, that's good. Okay. <laughs> when you say your, do you know the person? Because I think now death row is lethal injection for the places that it is still legal, right? Yeah. Who's you when you say your? Because likely the guy administering your lethal injection is not the same guy who's asking you what your last meal is going to be. Right. No, he's a doctor. The guy doing the meal, that's somebody else. So I would say the person killing me or the person who is reading out my sentence, like the person who's actually ordering that person to pull the lever or whatever, or press the button or inject the needle or something. That's those. That's the your. I think I would be talking about. Is it just in movies, or do they actually read you your last rites? So, is there also some someone from the clergy there? Uh, I think if you're Catholic, there is. No, if you're a devil worshiper, it's the misfits. They're there. Danzig, Danzig reads you. <laughs> Danzig's just. Just right there. With his like he doesn't say a word. He just stares at you. And then smiles right as you're taking your last breath. It's just a little grin. But like a Mona Lisa smile. Like barely Yeah. Barely visible but, smile, but barely discernible, yeah. That'd be kinda cool to go out seeing. <laughs> like he knows something you don't know. I mean, Danzig knows a lot of things that I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but something's given him almost a smile. <laughs> it's got to be good, right? <laughs> it's probably him getting a text from his manager about <laughs> how much their publishing just sold for. Right. <laughs> He's like, wait, I can milk this catalog again. <laughs> He's like, only five more years to my pension's good. You're doing the this government job, smiling at people when they die. <laughs> you only got to work for him for twenty years, and you got a full pension. God, could you imagine hearing Danzig talk to you about his pension situation? <laughs> I feel like that'd be funny. <laughs> that'd be like uh, 
uh what's his name uh marilyn uh not marilyn manson uh alice cooper be like alice cooper in wayne's world a little bit danzig talking about his pension <laughs> those are things that i am very curious about like you know that before music whatever high school job they had you know yeah mcdonald's waiting tables whatever there was some amount paid into social security <laughs> yeah that's true yeah i mean well isn't alice cooper from canada danzig's Any canadian no I think, so, I so think Danzig Alice has works. Social Security that he can draw from, right? And I know Cooper lived in the U.S., so maybe he's a citizen. Maybe he does too. He used to live in. He had that. Remember, he had that bar in Phoenix for a long time. It closed oh, yeah. during COVID. They actually had to shut it down during COVID. They didn't make it. We ate there, me and you. Remember, I got a foot long chili dog. Yeah, that was. What, 15 years ago, maybe? Yeah. So so pre-COVID, you'd say. Yeah, it's, it sat on the bun just a little to the left. I remember every little detail. Only well, because it reminded you of... Or two burns. Yeah. yeah, something else. Yeah. 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 You, only you, really, you, you only really you have only... to remember one thing. <laughs> You're like... You're like, you know, yours hangs to let. How do you know? How do I know? So, uh, if you've been keeping up with the Kardashians or current affairs. Is current affairs still on? No, current affairs with a K, like as in keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh, okay. I think current affairs is like, is long over though. I don't think that show's still on, on the air. I have a hard enough time keeping up with streaming. So uh-huh. I have no sense for what's on network television. So like Unspeakable, The Beast? Anybody like that? What do you what do you do? Who's your YouTuber that you really like? Blippy? No, I normally just watch YouTube in the bathroom, which is just long enough to get like one Norm McDonald clip in. Oh shit. Okay. So that's about all I get. Well, that'll make your bathroom experience better for sure. I have not liked or subscribed to anything on YouTube. <laughs> I have not done that exact same move, but I have liked and subscribed to multiple things that don't make sense, so it has no idea who I am. So if I do, if I subscribe to one thing, I've just subscribed to like two or three things that don't make sense that I don't really like. Just to throw it off the scent. So YouTube has no idea who I am. How far off do you go? Like, is it, oh, I just subscribed to a gun manufacturer, 
So now I'm going to subscribe to a fabric store. Or do you go further out and say, oh, I'm going to subscribe to Korean children's animation? No, I don't go to Korean children's animation, but I do go foreign because that throws it off too because it takes like the normal person who is like Vietnamese interest into play in all your other decisions. So those throw it off if you do a lot of foreign stuff. So they're trying to figure out if you're like first generation. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It really thinks I'm Vietnamese at the the moment. Vietnamese or actually, I don't know. I'm guessing by the way the people look in the videos. (laughs) So I could just be very racist. Yeah, let's Damn just follow it, that down. Like, I'll I'll embrace the racism here. Like, what videos is it recommending? Just a bunch of pie gal poker? Uh, no, 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 no. It's uh medical stuff, uh, or like eyeball medical stuff, because I got into torn retinas, right? Because my I was reading this car builder I really like. It's got a torn retina, and then like every time they've attached it it's falling right back off and it's like, and they've only made the eye worse by trying over and over again. Right. Well, now he's lost complete vision in one eye and he's got a torn retina on the other. Okay. So then my ex mother-in-law, her retina keeps tearing. So I'm like, Oh, well I don't understand what the American ones are saying. So I went to the Vietnamese ones. Because at least then I could actually, they were showing the procedures so I could see what they were talking about. They were welding it back on. So I've been watching a lot of Vietnamese retina fixing. (laughs) So you're like, I could have a bunch of Americans talking about it, or I could have some Vietnamese folks actually show me what's going on. Or at least show me what they're doing so I know what they're talking about when they're talking about it. You know what I mean? Later. So instead of following the torn retina rabbit hole from there, you follow the Vietnamese rabbit hole from there. I did. I did. Actually, I, I kind of like found it satisfying, like a slightly like mind numbing. Like I could go to sleep while I'm watching that on my phone. Cause I'm not that interested. So I just, so I have been when I'm going to bed, like watching like high surgeries from Vietnamese doctors. <laughs> it's just kind of dumb, but hey, whatever. I'm not really interested in it, so I'm just kind of like, you know, does that make sense? Did did I solve anybody's sleeping problem? Any guest here? Uh, anybody else watch Vietnamese eye surgery? They're like. That's not Vietnamese. It's Korean, asshole. <laughs> Oops. It may be Korean. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, hope that I hope that's <laughs> inspired someone. Like that would yeah. just keep me awake at night. I I can't I can't fall asleep to like TV or radio or any of that stuff. I can't have any of that on. Oh fuck! I can't fall asleep if it's not. 
if I'm quiet with my thoughts only, oh, they're gone. I'm going to the races, man. I've got to have something distract me from my brain. Because if I lay down, no shit, I've done it many times here. When um, I've laid down and not had the TV or radio or something, right? And I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. Uh, and then I'm downstairs doing woodworking. Because all I can think about is like building a chair or something like that. You know what I mean? So like, and then I just get, I like, I have to do it. I have enough time. I can do it and still get three hours sleep. You know, <laughs> do, do videos and media and things not do that for you though? Do they not inspire you or? Well, if I, depends on what motivate I watch, you to action. Watch, yeah. If I was watching like Forged in Fire or something where they're building knives and shit like that. Yeah. But it's not a nighttime go to sleep type thing i'd put on sometimes i'll put on bluey because my kids really like that show and it makes me think of like go back into my mind about times that like we were watching that particular episode on the couch and i'm just hearing it and thinking about that and i end up asleep dreaming good dreams right typically i'll dream good dreams about my boys and stuff you know or mind-numbing shit like the eye surgery where I'm interested enough to be like, oh, that's kind of cool, but not really like, I don't want to go do eye surgery on anybody. Uh, so I'm, that can put me to sleep. Um, so, yeah. I don't yeah, want like, the current events or anything, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't want to be up screaming at the TV. Which is what I wanted to share with you today. So while I am not subscribed to anything on YouTube, people will send me things. Do they? And what kind of people are we talking about? Racists. Oh, okay. I, I have a small network of Vietnamese eye surgeons who will just <laughs> send you racist. <laughs> they send you racist videos all the time yeah you know the Vietnamese eye surgeons are known for their racism they subscribe they really to are. things so that I don't have to um, those guys those guys but uh, I did get sent something that was uh, fairly topical and I know everyone right now loves to talk about the handful of wars we've gotten ourselves into oh oh those um well, we're not actually at war because we haven't declared war through congress in since world so, war ii so we're, wait so we're do you good. not count afghanistan one two no, or three we, we haven't gone to war at all i mean we can't no? okay the, the constitution says we we can't so there's no way we did Absolutely no way. It would be unconstitutional. Right. And our our government is limited by our constitution. Right. <laughs> so, a lot of people have been talking about those uh, proxy wars and deciding which side they want to be on, which flag they want to put outside their house, etc., etc. Um, oh, so... Are there now Ukraine flags and 
Israeli flags together, and then the house next to them is a Ukraine flag and a Palestinian hijab or what? I don't think they have a flag, so I don't know what you hang for a Palestinian. But is that happening where now the Ukraine supporters are arguing with each other over which side? Or? Yeah, we did too good of a job. We got everyone too united. <laughs> or are we or are we now two is Israeli supporters? One's pro Russian and one's <laughs> Oh man, there's so many dividing factors now. I don't I don't know what to do. If we could only just start one more war, I think we could fix this. Well, here's here's the thing. Um, okay. A lot of folks are looking at this through the lens of morality or ethics. Like, should we be doing this? Who's right? Who's wrong? That sort of thing. One of the things I appreciate about how we tend to approach these things is we typically are a bit more pragmatic and think about things in terms of economics because a lot of the influence of the state is economic influence. So I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, this clip that was sent my way. Uh, this is the U.S. Treasury Secretary, uh, Janet Yellen, speaking to Sky News. Damn, she's hot. Um, because we can talk about good, bad, ugly, but obviously at the end of the day, it comes down to the economics and the fact that even if we feel justified, we clearly can't afford these wars. Right. So, uh, here's, here's, uh, Janet Yellen in her, uh, interview with Sky News, uh, the interviewer here is uh, Wilfred Frost. So uh, take it oh. away, Wilfred. Go for it, Wilfred. Um, in terms of uh, what this all means, Paul Tudor Jones, the famed investor, was on CNBC this week, and he said, this is the most threatening and challenging geopolitical environment that I've ever seen. At the same time, the U.S. is in its weakest fiscal position since World War II, with debt to GDP at 122%. Can, can America, can the West afford another war at this time? I, I think the answer is absolutely. Um, America can certainly afford to stand with Israel and to support Israel's military needs. And we also can and must support Ukraine in its struggle against Russia. And look, the American economy is doing extremely well. Um, Inflation has been high and it's been a concern to households. It's come down considerably. At the same time, we have about the strongest labor market we've seen in 50 years with 3.8% unemployment. And at the same time, um, America, the Biden administration has passed legislation that is strengthening our economy um, in the years to come for the medium term. Um, we have three historic pieces of legislation, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act, the CHIPS 
and Science Act and the Inflation Reduction Act. And um, we've seen a burgeoning of mm -hmm. investment, especially in manufacturing um, and industrial renaissance in the United States. And um, we're creating good jobs, especially for people who've been, don't have a college education, have been um, left out of um, really economic progress in the United States. So the United States economy is in a good place. Uh, in terms of the fiscal situation, mm -hmm. I don't know where 122 comes from. The US federal debt to GDP ratio is about 98% at this point. And the interest expense, which is a more relevant statistic, mm -hmm. still remains manageable. Now, it is true with higher interest rates, and those higher interest rates may persist, although that's not clear. Um, we have to be careful about our fiscal path. But President Biden is committed to a sustainable mm -hmm. fiscal path. You know, we've raised uh, $60 billion um, to strengthen. Okay. Yeah. Uh. I take it back. We're good. I heard it from her mouth. So, does the the interviewer did he? I don't feel it. Have they always been that way? And I just didn't know it. Where they're asking the question, the person's answering it, and they're. Not asking the hard question afterwards, but they also don't feel like they're convinced either. It just feels like, oh, I did my job. I don't, I don't know how you felt about that interview, but it, I felt like it was very scripted and and just eh, no passion behind any of the questions. I have a lot of empathy for people who are still in legacy media hmm. because you call it legacy media okay because while there are certainly irredeemable characters scattered throughout there are also people who got into that to be journalists and I know what it feels like to be promised something and have that goalpost continue to move. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be very difficult to find yourself in that situation where everything is kind of changed around you and you would like to ask the difficult questions and have the difficult follow-up, but you're not really allowed. Mm -hmm. but you also can't bring yourself to be the impassioned puppet that would at least make you seem entertaining. Mm -hmm. So you ask these questions in a very resigned way, knowing that they're just going to talk in circles in response to you. That has to be demoralizing. Okay. I'm seeing your point there. Because it's not like he signed up for this this week. No, okay, yeah, I get it. I get it. History doesn't start today. 
Kind of like the Israel thing, right? <laughs> the Ukraine thing. We should definitely keep funding stuff. Because we funded other stuff that started this stuff from happening. So let's fund more stuff. So then we can pay more stuff to the other people who make the... And, and the great thing is, is they're saying it now on the news. is like, look, this money isn't just going to Ukraine, guys. It's going to arms manufacturers here in the United States. And you're like, so you're telling me now the military industrial complex that didn't fucking exist. That's how it's going. So what's happening now? We're just taking money from the everyday person and giving it to the richest, most well-connected motherfuckers in the entire world. At the expense of what? our lives away from our families and the lives of children and innocent people all over the globe. It's wealth redistribution right back to the fucking top. I I don't, I don't think you uh, heard what she said there though. That's called job creation. Job creation. How many jobs don't get created because the, the producers amongst us don't have the money because we're paying too much fucking taxes. But what do we do? We build bombs that aren't productive things in society. They they destroy. It's one of the few products that we can produce that actually doesn't bring wealth to this world. And what it does is it sucks money from our wallets or sucks value out of the money from our wallets if it's printed money and it gives it to the to the elite and and for what to kill people to blow up things to destroy things that were produced to make this world better you just that's one thing we don't even talk we talk about all the innocent lives that are dying and it's that's Everybody's talking about the innocent life, and that is the worst thing ever. But even the building itself that you blow up has made the world more poor. Those are homes. Those are like rooms, offices, and the all these things. You destroy. It's a broken window fallacy. I don't want to fall down that stupid rabbit hole. That is not making the world better because somebody's got to make a new building. No, there was already a building there. They could have made a new building. It destroys not only the United States, but everybody to do this, for war to happen. And I don't want to fund it. And if the war happens without me funding it, so be it. But the the war isn't between people. The people dying aren't the people at war. It's the governments. It's the leadership. But isn't that just the cost of doing business? Because for a government, yes. There's that old saying, which is you can't make a war with Iran omelet without breaking a few eggs. There is that old saying. And what I say is, 
All these people that want these wars, these weapons manufacturers, these motherfuckers that are getting so rich, these politicians, they want wars so bad, they need to go to war. Leave us out of it. Not not they, the country that they rule, them themselves need to go to war. I'll watch it on TV. It's why I actually enjoy mixed martial arts and things like that because it is a controlled environment that can act as a proxy for a war for people who are 100% consenting Mm -hmm. and can be both entertainment and economic stimulus. Right. They're in a cage. They're not hurting anybody else. It's just the two consenting people, which is fine. I am I'm good with that entertainment. But but these these politicians want war, but they want us to die. They want they want us to go out and die so they can make money whatnot and and I'm it's not okay. I will not die for the United States has is done worse things to me than any of these other countries that we've talked about. Russia, Ukraine, China, all these governments that I despise have not done what the United States has done to me. I'm not dying for this country, and I'll be damned if they're going to try to conscript my kid into some fucking military over my goddamn dead body. And all they want to do is go to war. And eventually, that's you go to war with too many places, that's what's going to happen. They're going to start making children... The draft will come back, go die, and it's it's not fucking happening to my kids. Draft dodgers are fucking heroes, and that is something that I didn't realize when I was younger. I was always told, oh, he's a draft dodger. They're fucking heroes. They had so much guts. It wasn't easy to be a draft dodger for most people. It's funny you say that about your previous position on that because patriotism is a hell of a drug. Mm-hmm. Just digging in a bit on what you said there, and I think a lot of people felt that way. It wasn't just that you felt like draft dodging was unacceptable, but you likely believed those were bad people. Yeah. I did. I they they were. Over. I remember if I didn't say it, I heard it and thought it to be true. It was like agreed with it. The, the draft is the price of freedom. It's a price that we have to pay for freedom. the The draft is a price. And I was whether I said it or heard it, it was like, yeah. I agreed with that stupid fucking sentence. Slavery is the price of freedom. <laughs> right. That's what I heard. And then I was like, yeah. How many other people feel like that? Out of some like blind patriotism. I, I guarantee you my father felt like that his entire adult life. Because Marine Corps and whatnot, you know? I, I 
I would say now today, he probably doesn't feel that way, but it's a very recent development. Well, if we don't want the draft to come back, let's hope that we only stay in these proxy wars. But let's be honest, this is how we get into larger wars with Iran and the likes. And that's when that conscription becomes a very real threat. I think that our bets need to be on promoting the willful refusal of things like the draft, if not just in the individual, but at, at a state level. I think that just like we have the, the what's the soldier protect the soldier bill or whatever the one that where states are refusing to send their uh their national guard to to uh any war that's not been voted on by congress whatever that bill i think we should start doing things that are similar for the draft if you're if you did not vote this war in by Congress, then you, you, the draft will not be allowed in this state or, you know, start small like that. I, I think that these are, are things that we can start moving towards or writing up with some attorneys and seeing what we can, what we can make happen in some of these more libertarian or libertarian leaning right states to go ahead and get this this ball rolling because willful refusal that the whole like not putting your guns down when some governor says you know what yeah guns are illegal in this city now you know and nobody does it and then the sheriff says no i'm not enforcing that well then she is just some some lady with a microphone who said something it's all that happened right <laughs> It's just like uh, people are people who worry about racist people and whatnot, you know. Uh, and I say, well, who cares? The power is the problem. A racist with a rocking chair in a front porch is just an old racist man on a rocking chair with a, a front porch. He's not doing anything. He can't do anything to anybody. And in fact, nobody cares to talk to him because he's just that old mean racist guy. But like a government who says, yes, we will protect slavery <laughs> and like not only protect it, but will help it to exist by subsidizing the enforcement of, of returning a runaway slave and making the poor people who can't afford slaves Pay for that so you can still afford to have a slave and make it cost effective. I mean, that's that's totally different than some racist guy on a front porch, right? <laughs> Wait, when you say right. afford slaves, is that what she's talking about when that when she says we can afford these wars? Yeah. Yes, because every dollar they use is another slave minute that you have to work or hour that you have to work to pay for it 
If you if you are giving that dollar away that you earned, you are a slave at that moment. When I, I'm not saying giving it away. If you're forcefully, you know, taken from you, which that's what taxes are. We all know that. So, so I guess the question really is not can we afford these wars? The question is, can we afford not to have more? Uh, can we? Yeah, we can. <laughs> Could they? The government now, I think, is so scared that they're trying to rally the people around a war. They're trying to to bring back the 9-11 moment when like everybody was like rallied around our government. I think they're trying to force that in right now and it's not fucking happening because people are sick of it people have woken up to it and the more and more i talk to people uh, like your everyday construction worker the more and more i'm impressed by their openness to hear things that they weren't willing to hear just a few years ago and our government is flailing and kicking and screaming and crying and that's why they're tightening these reins on us and starting all these stupid wars and killing all these people but if they weren't throwing a fit that would mean we weren't we weren't doing anything there was no progress being made so there is a bright side to this yeah i mean i know you you point out the construction worker thing about them getting to a place they weren't just a few years ago when i think about the majority of folks on the left who just a few months ago were all about getting involved in the war mm -hmm. they've now started to recognize it's an overplayed hand mm -hmm. they recognize this for the farce that it is now and i don't think they're taking too kindly to being swindled into multiple wars it's sort of a fool me once with ukraine shame on you fool me twice with israel we won't get fooled again <laughs>